0: Everyone And welcome back to the What's Cheap Podcast, episode 73, where Alana and myself will be discussing, breaking down, and generally freaking out over Critical Role Campaign 3 episodes 15 and 16. We have a double feature for y'all today. Very exciting stuff. And these, and like, usually when we have these, like, double feature, like, episodes and stuff, sometimes the episodes are a bit disjointed. But these ones, you know, followed a pretty, yeah. uh, you know, like, concurrent timeline with each other. Um, so that helps. So let's begin with our discussion of episode fifteen, um, the morning after Dorian's departure from the party. Yeah. Orum had to, you know, suck it up and I guess sleep with the uh, sleep with the three ladies instead of yeah. uh, instead of his usual um, Dorian and Fern. Um, yeah. But it, it is it, it is already felt Dorian's absence and Robbie's yeah. absence from from the party.
1: Yeah, definitely, and I think I think it's going to be the most obvious with Orem, as you said. Like, yep. w- we'll notice he's gone the most because Liam does that kind of like wounded puppy kind of action every yeah. thinks or talks about Dorian, mm. and it's I almost said Dorum as in like Orim <laughs> and Dorian didn't mean yep. to do that on purpose. But when he like talks about Dorian, or when he like you know says like oh you know sleeping alone tonight or <laughs> things like that, Rag. it's like oh buddy, oh no. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, and it's also just it was, it was for so long Having, you know, Robbie at the table Then to see them by yeah. themselves well not by themselves, there's seven of them <laughs> But, you know, <laughs> at the table With that one space missing It was a bit of like, a, oh, that, that was, that was mm-hmm. a long That was a long tenure um, For a guest yep. star, so uh, You know, he'll be back but <laughs> Oh yeah, of Rob. course
0: But I, I am very excited that Marisha and Travis are now once again Sitting next yes. to each other Yes. Yes, yes, yes. those early dynamics from Campaign Two with Ford and Ford and Bo were so great, and I, Travis is playing Chetney so freaking well. I so I chaotic. just love it. I so chaotic. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> I, I can't. I actually can't. He's uh, that
1: type of person, and it like it frustrates me. It's that type of person that like you know, they'll say things and they'll like they'll get at you and they will. Um, it feels like they're insulting you and then they're like, ah, oh, no, I'm just kidding. It's like, oh, what you mm-hmm. t- can't you take a joke sort of thing? Yeah. Like, it's like, I hate you. Like you're making yeah. me so anxious. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is great. Cause it was like that mainly with Dorian, but now it's, it's almost like he's targetless. He doesn't have anyone to direct it to. Um, mm-hmm. so it'll be, it'll be nice to see if he lands on someone new or if he just kind of goes the lone wolf <laughs> route. Um, <laughs> Which is not a pun. It's not a pun. It's like... Oh, yeah?
0: Are you sure? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, it's good. Uh, He's he's so chaotic. It's good. And then you got Wardner, who is like equally as chaotic. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm just so... It's it's interesting because I'm so keen to see their characters develop as well more. Yeah. Not to jump ahead, but... What we see a little bit of Lorna at the end of episode 16 was fantastic. Yeah. There's some really good role play moments there, which I'm excited to talk about. Jumping <laughs> back to uh, <laughs> episode 15.
0: Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I definitely agree. Um, but there wasn't really a whole lot of, like, super major stuff that happened in episode 15. Oh. Um, once the party decided to leave Escheros' uh, manor, they were planning on actually just I believe going straight to the Hartmore Hamlet, um, maybe after a bit of shopping or tying yeah. up a few loose ends. But they were being trailed by the Green Seekers from the ball the night before, or the yes, the Green Sleeves, as Fern green has sleeve. so affectionately called them. Um, and they just they just wanted to talk. You know, they were just doing their their you know private investigation stuff. Um, but it's i'm i'm glad that these characters exist because first off i think they're really cool they're and cool, i like the yeah. idea of like private investigator organizations and stuff mm. um but it, like with them like interrogating the party and stuff it's just like it's it's so obvious how connected this the bell's hells are to all of the stuff that has happened, oh yeah, like they're yeah. like. So I find it interesting that you all were around the spire when it fell. You know, you yeah. were, you were at the ball with all the shenanigans that were going on. It's just two man, separate two separate parties. Yeah, and, uh, that are now together. Yeah,
1: you were. People were talking about how you didn't know each other, but you're here yeah. together. Like, yeah. it's um, they're not the best at hiding their crimes
0: or alleged
1: yeah. crimes. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, they're but, not the no, best that, at hiding. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That that was, that was that was funny. The kind of like, just laying it all out there and they didn't even really like even try to um, deny it. They, yeah. were just like, no, they didn't. like mm-hmm, Yeah, kind, kind of true, I guess. They're like hmm, yeah, yeah, isn't that interesting? Hmm. But I think they kind of like caught on pretty quickly that these these two weren't necessarily authority in the sense of, right. you know, judicial crime sort of thing. They're more for uh, finding out information. Um, So I think once they realize that, you know, we're not necessarily under investigation, they just kind of want to know what we know. Um, Mm -hmm. It gave them the upper hand to then completely flip the investigation around to be like, Mm -hmm. all right, well, now now we want to kind of put you on the back foot and they were asking them questions and they were like trying to get information out of them. Mm -hmm. And you quickly realize, oh, one, this is not a massive organization. It is literally just these two individuals. And 2 they, they seem capable and they seem, you know, like, um, I think we worked out that, is it Ollie, 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 the, the, yeah, yeah she, she's seemingly some kind of ranger or something <laughs> like that. So they've got skills and they've got abilities, but maybe that like, when it comes to the, the one-on-one that, that they struggled a little bit, I think, in keeping their composure and keeping their, uh, mystique about them a little bit, which I thought was funny. They, they were just some guys, just some dudes, just some friends. Yeah. Um, that do have reputation and do have the skills capable of you know keeping that
0: reputation. Mm-hmm. And you know yeah. while they seem they seem pretty capable, we know that you know Gus is <laughs> capable of magic, and it seems like to some extent Ollie is too. They are still not the best detective agency. So there's definitely still. Oh, I'm... oh god! But no. But,
1: like, no, but seriously c- though, right? But like yeah, seriously like, though.
0: Seriously. <laughs> like the green cloaks they they they're, they're they're only a duo like there's got to be some they're, kind of a an easter egg there with not uh, to jump ahead but that. they
1: have they have like a device like a pokeball that is able to capture something in amber light yep. and like yeah, if, yeah. like it's Mm-hmm. I just want to know. I just want to know more about them. I just want to know, like, no, none of them are bars. Like, oh, so where are you based out? I think they're based out of Marquette, but you know, like, yeah. oh, where did you learn your detective skills? Or I know, you know, uh, who who are your patrons? <sighs> Come on. That's, that's that's like the theory I'm going to ride because I like it. It's a pretty inconsequential theory. It's just fun. It's 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 nice and it's true, okay?
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. We we've never We've we never been wrong before no. on this podcast. So, we are a anything reliable source that, of information.
1: Anything we say that doesn't happen just hasn't happened yet. Exactly. So, you yeah. know. Exactly. Um, Fabian Fabian Fabe- 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 Vandarin
0: <laughs> yeah, Sabian, Sabian Sabian and Vandarin had a child. Fabian Fabio.
1: Vabian. Yeah, Vandran <laughs> is like I know, ignore the fact that we did see them at the end of the campaign, but they are gonna turn up later yep. this campaign. Yep. And then, you know, they're actually the head of the green sleeves. So yep. watch out, here it comes. hmm <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah.
1: But no, they they're cool. I like them a lot. I think they're, yeah. they're personal I love that voice Matt does, which is that kind of like New Yorker, kinda of like a hey, yeah. why is gay <laughs>
0: kind of Yeah and um, I, I wonder I wonder if he base he probably based them on like some kind of, you know, like uh, other fictional characters in, in media. Mm. Um, but for me it really seemed like Matt had a really fun time role playing as the two of them. Mm. Um, like yeah it, especially in like episode 15 like it really felt like he was in his element um playing as these two characters um like bantering back and forth and interacting with the party and then later we see you know gus interacting with Ogdis, and there was that whole like you know therapy session scene um it was just a lot of fun it was a lot of fun watching that yeah. role play as these characters And Um,
1: and they're fleshed out as well. The fact that there was like this whole backstory and (laughs) Mm -hmm. things like the one, one man show of, you know, role-playing a massive conversation um, with himself. So he's got these characters really well fleshed out, which isn't anything surprising for Matt Mercer, but it's, um, as you say, you can, you can tell when he is like invested in an NPC because there is more Mm -hmm. detail. There is more kind of nuance to their character and, uh, more aspects to their personality. So, yeah, it's, it's, they're fun characters and they're fun to see. I feel like, and it's not that this is anything wrong, but this was fairly heavily railroaded, would you agree? Them kind of coming up, grabbing them. And it, not in the sense, I don't think that it was like, you know, you have to do this, but it was very much like, here is a direct path for you to take. You can still leave, but like like, this is the path that you should kind of take at this point. Mm-hmm. Um what do you what do you think about that? Do you yeah,
0: think I I agree um because I think again I I don't I don't want to assume anything. This is obviously just theorizing. Yeah. Um but it did seem like there was like a lot of different avenues for the party to oh. pursue. Um you know, there's the stuff with the Treshy house, there's the stuff with the shade creepers, there's the oh. stuff with the the Hartmore Hamlet. Like there's there's so many things for them to pursue. And oh. I think that Matt presented this as an option to, like, immediately, like, just go straight to, like, the source of one of these yeah. things that they were dealing with, um, to come to, like, some kind of, uh, like, a conclusion to it. Obviously, we didn't get a conclusion with this one, yeah. but it progressed to a state where now it's out of their hands. Um, yeah. Which is the same same thing what happened with the Treshy stuff, because now they're simply yeah. waiting for uh the ring that, that that was planted on armand to mm. produce something um so while it yeah. did kind of it was kind of railroady but it was railroading like a good way um because yeah, it no, still 100%. felt more or less natural because he didn't introduce these green seekers and they did come to logical conclusions um, mm. about the party um and then again the party that offered to help them in their investigations which then led them to the mines that stuff
1: yeah the, i've got no problem with railroading like mm-hmm. when i'm a player i love to be wrong rail- <laughs> yeah because it's like I, and sometimes please, you have to me- you know for the sake yeah. of the narrative yeah 100 percent. and um as adam's saying in chat it's like it's given them as you say like they, they it's now been dealt with this being passed off to high body skipping ahead to 16 who cares yeah. um <laughs> i'm not saying not just skip ahead. i'm just saying who fucking cares at this yeah. point ahead. Yeah. um it's Yeah, it, it has kind of helped their case. They've now got people that are trusted on their side saying, we can get your name kind of cleared from this. Yep. If they had just left for the two weeks to go to the Hartwell Hamlet, I mean, one, there could have been more destruction and chaos being sown within the city because what the fuck was Lady Eamoth up to? Um, and two, it would have just kind of, their names and the, the suspicions surrounding them would have kind of grown. You have Treshy who's super suspicious of them and um, the general was super suspicious of them. You've mm-hmm. got, uh, oh, shoot, could, there's so many NPCs. The, um, that administrator guy that works for Treshy, uh, v- 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 him.
0: Um, oh, I know, yeah, the Volley. <laughs> yeah, volley.
1: volley. yeah, Volley. Like, they were, They had some really bad eyes on them. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a really good point. It's sort of like, yeah, it led them to one, a really cool. Mini arc, a little storyline, cool mm-hmm. combat, um, a lot of answers to things that have been plaguing them since the start of the campaign, yeah. and yeah, now a nice come kind of a little out so they can take a breath, they can, you know, leave this for a little bit of time mm-hmm. and come back to it, um, which is great fun. It's good. I like yeah,
0: it. and while it is like a nice breath of fresh air, it also does open up a lot of more interesting theories um, because later we discover that the Green stickers are working for. Um, how's... Uh, What's her down. Shishandri.
1: Yeah, was that Alana? Shishandri? Or, miss, or Mistress or, uh, Shishandri.
0: Was uh, um, that
1: the Alana Ol- lady that they... I, had, <laughs> I need to get up that MPZ sheet that I, I, believe... I sent you.
0: <laughs> yes, I believe she, she was at the ball. Yes, yes. And she was, like, inquiring about potentially hiring the... Uh, um the Paragon's call for something or she was wondering about their services, I believe. Um but what's interesting is that what if what if she is also a part of the quorum and mm-hmm. tre- and Armon, Armand Treshi is operating alone, like without Ooh. the Quorum's approval with like all this different yeah, things that cause are she- happening.
1: She was one at the party that was circling after the fight, talking to like Gavris and talking to, um, Mm -hmm. Amand and that. Yeah, she's so they kind of clock that she was probably on the on the quorum. So I I like that. I like that idea that she's like, I mean, clearly kind of clear. It doesn't clear her name, but it gives her a bit of a boon in the fact that you know she's working with the Green Seekers, and they seem to work with people who are more or less. Decent, um, not evil, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's a really nice kind of pull that yeah. she's probably on the up and up a bit.
0: Yeah, which means, which means either Treshi is working alone, like against the quorum's like better judgment, Ooh. or Shishandri is just one of the, you know, uh, justice, you know, light seeking members of the quorum. Um, amongst all of the other corrupted members, and she's mm. trying to, like, find the source of all of this corruption that is happening within their circle. Um, yeah. And so she hired Pretty the Green Seekers to pursue <laughs> Treshi, who seemed to be behind most of the stuff that was going on. There's so just very interesting, like, yeah. this new new layer that was added into this, that, oh, maybe... It's it's kind of, like, subverting expectations in a way, because it's like, oh, so there there, there are redeemable people yeah. on the quorum that aren't all about, you know... Uh, corrupting and for the betterment of themselves rather than the betterment of the general people of Drusar. Um, so it's very interesting seeing this, seeing this played out, which means that we'll probably get more of it in the future once the party returns after the excursion to
1: the Hamlet yeah. later on. And it's, it's so sus. Everything trashy now is just kind of like tainted with, yeah. um, with distrust and, and suspicion because it's, all the dodgy things have been pointing at them. Obviously, we know that Armand is someone not to mess with. Oh, yeah. um, they were there with Emoth Cade, and we know Emoth Cade works for the for the Treshies, and clearly something's happened to her. Like, mm-hmm. um, I'm wondering if she was like parts of the experiments or, you know, she was offered up to the Shade Mother by Armand or by the Nightmare King or by whoever was behind this yeah. to like, you know. And then we got to figure out, like, Daga, how is... Doug involved in all of it as well. Like we know that Doug was with yeah. the Hobbit Corsairs. But, um, maybe he got mixed up, you know, investigating the, um, the Paragon's call or something. And then mm-hmm. he got thrown into the mix as well. It's, it's so corrupt. I love it. <laughs> I, yeah. really wanna, I really want to, I really want to break down the corruption of the Shonday Quorum and how it is mixed with all these, supernatural elements because that's really cool because like, we've seen corruption and we've seen you know political stuff in campaign too, but this is like political corruption mixed in with fey bullshit and yeah. i'm all about it it's really cool yeah
0: it's yeah. it's it's so interesting because we don't like we still don't really know why armin is doing all of these things <laughs> Yeah, unless had, he wants to
1: be king. Like, that, the only thing I can think of is he wants soul control. Soul control. Um, he wants yeah. soul control. That's the only thing I can think of.
0: Um, yeah, because, like, there's so many things that he's orchestrated. He's he's worked with um, Ira to animate furniture and stuff. They were working on a machine to maybe mass-produce mass that. He was turning... Mm. The paragon's call into like super soldiers by turning them into werewolves and stuff and he was also able to get a hold of this shade mother and place her Hmm. within the mines to convert people into shade creepers to do something else like that i I, I understand i understand um capturing gurge to enhance the Paragon's call. Yeah. I don't really understand the furniture deal with Ira. I don't really get that. Maybe just to like create more chaos that again, like we theorized before, and the party theorized before is so that the Paragon's call can then come in and save the day. Um hmm. but what and, I don't I guess it's the same situation with the shade mother. Yeah. Is just to cause more chaos so the Paragon's call can come in, but like
1: She's odd, though, because they seem to, like, suggest that, one, they've been drilling all these extra tunnels, but that shade creepers um, have been around in Drusar before, like, you know, the regular shade creepers, but these are the, uh, you know, adjusted, I guess we can say, or the variant shade creepers that are seemingly new, so we get the sense that maybe she's new to the area, or she's recently awoken or something, or what if she's like always kind of been down there and it's only recently that they've woken her up or they've discovered something and he's made a deal with her somehow, but I don't see her as the type to like make deals. Like I don't think she's, she didn't strike me as, you know, Oh, I will, you know, I will help you do this for this. Uh, She seems a little bit more uh, primal. Um, So I want to kind of, but it makes me even think that Amand is like, you know, there's something fishy about him. There's something kind of not too dwarven about him.
0: Yeah, like, <laughs> like what if he is also like one of these uh, Emoth Dugger people?
1: Well, I don't, I don't think that. I think he might be above that. I think he could be mm. like, if the, the stream. Ooh, <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, lock that in. <laughs> <laughs> no that's cool yeah but like something like that like what if he is yeah. some kind of like fake creature um mm-hmm. <laughs> i remember when like they they're doing the whole ring thing my my theory was like they're going to take the ring off and he was going to explode into like some kind of yeah. demon entity yeah, 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 or something. yeah but but what what if he is some some kind of creature um because i love that and i know it's a dD trope and i know it's been done in critical role before but you know like when the bad guy turns out to be this demon or fiend yeah. or Fake preach, whatever. Do it. I don't care. Do it again. Yeah. I love it. It's cool. Um, but I like Shade Father. That's
0: cool. <laughs> the Shade, the Shade Father.
1: But I mean, just the fact that he's so involved with uh, the Nightmare King and yeah. involved with the Shade Mother and involved with all kinds of fucked up shit that's happening, and um, to the point where other members of the Quorum are suspicious and concerned, uh, and Lord Astros doesn't like him, so that's immediately a cross against him. So. Mm-hmm. I'm and, keen for that to blow up eventually.
0: And what what Katois was saying, um, <laughs> with Emoth and Duggar both being members of the Corsair, like, what if this is a bit of a stretch, but what if no, the Hubbit Corsairs it. is just also another thing that Armand Treshi, like, oh. orchestrated to sow even more chaos? It's like, hey, oh, there's, this, there's the Hubbit Corsairs, <laughs> who are this anti-establishment group that are causing chaos. We also need the Paragon's call to help quell their, you know, shenanigans that they're doing. Um, but um. It, it more <laughs> or less does <laughs> actually feel like the Hubbit Corsairs are their own entity. And they are actually doing that. But it would be interesting if they are also just another thing that, like... That would be... hire these people to form this group to sow even more chaos. That
1: would be such a good twist. Um, that
0: would be such a good Because twist. then, um, that, like, directly... The Hubbit Corsairs directly... Are against the elite of the city, mm, so that yeah. that is a way to get the elite on Armin's side with hiring the Paragons. Call to go against yeah. the Hobbit Corsairs.
1: It's like a state-sanctioned, um, state-sanctioned uh, opponent. But yeah. Like you know, it's mm-hmm. like, still in the pocket of the state. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, I hate it, but I love it at the same time. That's that'd be really cool. Um, I'm just seeing Adam in chat saying. <laughs> Come on, could just be a guy, a guy with money influence. That's not fun, though, Adam. Yeah. <laughs>
0: like, yeah. there's no fun in that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> have you seen our show before? <laughs> Come on.
0: <laughs> we are all about the, the most tinfoiled hat theories here.
1: Because right? I have a question for you, Adam. Who might be interested in sowing all this chaos? Who loves chaos and destruction and, and all kinds of, you know, just fuckery happening? We don't even know. Aman could be being tricked into doing all these things by some higher entity um, who shall remain nameless. <laughs>
0: yep. <laughs> because
1: mm-hmm. the, the view count will drop by 20. Yep. If mention
0: again. <laughs> <laughs> the eyes will roll and they will click out of the tab. Yeah. Yeah. The traveler, exactly. Oh, yes. Right. The yep. traveler. Right. Right. <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. Saved. Saved. Yeah. That's our Saved. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, No, okay, but... I, we're going to be jumping ahead a little bit because now we're kind of like in a weird area where we're kind of like in between <laughs> episodes 15 and 16. Yeah. Um, but I, no, we, we can hold on to the stone stuff uh, until later. Because um, mm. there is a lot of stuff I want to talk about with like the stone and all that stuff. Uh, but we can yes. s- transition into more direct episode 16 talk. Um, because eventually the party does join forces with the Green Seekers and they do go to the mines where that hilarious scene between Matt and himself happens with FCG like facilitating a therapy session with Gus and August. that was a lot yes. of fun to watch
1: which um, is important I think cuz that's going to come back in my theory about FCG later but yes that uh, was yes. that was funny but I think there's more, something more concerning going on there yes
0: uh, I do agree um, but then there was a bit of a fight with some shade shade creepers oh but before there was mm-hmm. um, them finding out that the Treshi did pay off the foreman of this uh, mine to shut it down, to place the, the Shade Mother within it, perhaps. Um Ooh, yeah. So, there was that whole scene, also really hilarious. The New World Searchers, the, the book that uh, the guy was writing. <sighs> that, poor,
1: that poor guy. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah. Not, not particularly great. Um...
1: I'm just, I'm just, I've just had like, you know, when things just connect in your brain, Yeah. like, oh no, but it's jumping ahead. <laughs> oh no, wait, oh wait. No, it's just, it's just kind of, I'm probably a real idiot for <laughs> only now just piecing it all together. But the clicking of like the fact that the shade mother had those broomstone attachments and we now have mm. that confirmation of that's where all the broomstone was being stolen for or from. Yeah. Who was the? What was the name of that? Was it the dwarf or the gnome lady? Very early on in the campaign, at the at the storage house, who they found the broomstone in the crates.
0: Like, yeah. do you remember her? Yeah, Dennis. She yes. was
1: yes. Dennis. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm just i just rambling now. Because, <laughs> 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 which did they determine? <laughs> did they determine that she was smuggling it in? She was like doing it behind the backs of. Um, was was that Estros's guild? Yeah,
0: yep. it was yes, right. uh, Pradaja States warehouse, Yep.
1: That's it, that's it, yeah. So they were using she was using her role there to get some broomstone in and ship it off somewhere else. And when she got caught, that's when she was killed by Duggar.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. I'm just stating
0: facts now, yep, but yep. it's
1: just clicked in my head, I was like, oh fuck, it's all coming full circle. Holy shit!
0: And it's such like an interesting way because we were like, "What? Like, why are they smuggling Broomstone? Like, if it's only used for like skyships, what do they need it for?" And now it makes perfect sense—the transportation of the Shade Mother. Um, It's 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 a really clever way of of, you know connecting that in.
1: We never did. We ever get from we know that Duggar was her contact. He was the one that was like you know doing all the deals with her, (laughs) but we never really got. Any confirmation if there was a, a third party involved there, but we can only assume that the Treachies were involved somehow in that transaction. And they were the ones yep. supplying the broomstone or the ones stealing the broomstone. That's right, she was coerced. Okay, cool. Thanks for catching me up, everyone. It's been yeah. a while. It's been, it's been a little while since yeah. those episodes. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Good stuff. Oh, I like it. It's coming together.
0: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's very exciting. Um, But then, yeah, then we did have the fight with the Shade Mother um, last yeah. night.
1: and it was that
0: was a very cool fight um i don't know if anyone here has seen star wars the clone wars animated series um but i was i was i was thinking of the geonosian like hive mind mother uh, from one of the episodes that was the vibes i was getting from from this from this uh entity that they ended up fighting um but it was it was this is a very interesting fight this is a very layered fight um, because mm-hmm. there was, yeah. uh, the main threat of the Shade Mother, but there was also mm-hmm. wanting to capture Emoth mm-hmm. in it, and then yes. there was also having to deal with the spawning Shade Creepers. So there was a bunch yeah. of different things that the party had to worry about here, and, I mean, like, overall, while the fight was pretty deadly, like, they, they had some pretty good rolls as well. It was, like, equal yeah. on, like, good roles on, like, both sides. Um, yeah. Uh, more they, or less.
1: They also kind of... they, Even though they had time to plan, and even though they assumed towards the end that she yeah. heard all their plans, they still were able to, like, accomplish accomplish the mission, and they did so quite yeah. well. They There wasn't any, like, you know... Uh, too much improv, uh, too much improvisation didn't necessarily mm-hmm. need to happen. The only improvisation was towards the end when it was to help them escape, which was really cool. Um, but yeah, they did a really good job. It, like it, it, went pretty yeah. well except for, you know, the amount of damage they took. Yeah. The, yeah.
0: The damage was ridiculous. A lot of
1: damage and was a lot of poison, which is, you know, not great. That hurts. Yeah. But I think it comes down to Fern with the daylight spell. Yeah, like, there were so, the so many clutch, so many clutch
0: plays this episode. Um,
1: it changed the tide, and it just—I like it too because it was just she just wanted to see. Like it wasn't even yeah. intended to necessarily um, hinder the creatures. It was just like, oh, I'll do this, and we'll be able to see. Um, but they then end up having, you know, light sensitivity. It's like, Oh, that's good to know. Actually. That's really good to know. Mm -hmm. Um, which, you know, yeah, that, that's fun. That's kind of like, Oh, that to keep that in your back pocket for next time. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, we don't know. I don't know if Matt's confirmed yet, if he was treating it as just light sensitivity or sunlight sensitivity, Mm -hmm. um, because like rules is written, I don't think daylight daylight isn't a sunlight spell, so they might just have regular light, um, mm-hmm. regular light sensitivity, which is you know creatures have that It doesn't have to be sunlight. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I liked it. I liked it. It was awesome it, when when she said it and Matt's reaction to it, like how they were all f- like falling backwards and like um, reeling from it. Yeah. It's just like oh shit, that's like that's good. That's a tie that's look,
0: Yeah. Yeah. That, 100%. that was huge. Um, cause yeah, there were so many clutch plays. There was, you know, getting Lady Emoth in that cage. Um, there was, well, I don't know if it was a clutch, clutch play, but <laughs> the pillar falling on top of, uh, Chetney was pretty funny. Um, yeah. that was great. <laughs> Um,
1: and then, like, oh, it was it Ollie or Gus the next round was, like, doing it in action and everything, and Chetney's like, hey, help, yeah. I'm down here. It's yeah. like, oh, shit, oh, yeah, right, oh, god. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nah, it's good stuff.
0: Um, and then there was also Orum making that really clutch play of, like, collapsing the machine onto uh, the Shade Mother. Is that kind of how that went down? It was a little bit, it was yeah. a little confusing.
1: So, so, no, because the machine had collapsed with the pillar.
0: Okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. that,
1: and so there was still the whirring machinery, like it was yeah. still going on. It was still, so, he attached the rope of whatever it's called around one end of hers. And that's the rope that it doesn't attach unless you say yeah. the magic word. Mm-hmm. And then he threw the other end into the whirring machinery. So, it's like, oh, wow. you know, a tie and a paper shredder sort of thing. Yep. Um, which is horrifying that is pretty (laughs) horrifying yeah (laughs) that's like i don't know if you've ever seen the movie uh there's a movie it's an old jackie jam movie called rumble in the bronx and it's like really kind of not super old but you know 90s movie and there's a scene in it with a wood chipper and it like I shouldn't have watched it as a kid Yeah, it was like that, that and Fargo the wood chipper scenes in those two <laughs> movies I shouldn't have watched those as a kid but I just like had instant flashbacks to you know, yeah. 10 year old me watching this going like what the fuck is this what is happening yeah. oh my god like yeah the, the concept of someone getting dragged into a machine horrifies yeah. me as I think it would any sane yeah. person um, yeah but it was so cool though. It was it was such a clutch mo- uh, moment and move. Um, but R I P rope. That's probably the saddest. Yeah,
0: yeah. It, I mean, but it, it served it served its purpose uh, very very mm. well. Well, yeah. I don't even know if this was its purpose. Uh, <laughs> These guys were supposed to
1: help people climb. Yeah,
0: but you know, <laughs> it, it's not. Yeah, uh, it it, it worked. <laughs> um no, great. but then i love one of the other things i really loved i loved about this combat was and this is just in a general sense i love because in campaign 2 i loved caleb's like flavoring of spells like when he would cast them mm. it was always yes. just really really a really like interesting role play moment and for this yeah. campaign i loved i've loved like Laudna's descriptions of how she cast spells as well as imogen um, mm-hmm. this like electrifying like sense of like the eyes going, yeah. out, the hair rising a bit, um, mm. and shooting forth this electricity. It's really, really flavorful. Yeah. Um especially when and she it... casted the lightning bolt uh spell mm. for the first time, which is a PAX a packs a pretty big punch.
1: They're they're re-skinning some spells for Imogen too, which is really cool. In the last episode, mm-hmm. they reskinned um arms of Hader is it Hader, or Hunger? Oh Jesus. This yeah, is this arms is the point where yeah. Yeah, Arms of Hadar, that's it, yeah. They reskinned that into a, a spell that was flavoured for Imogen. I can't remember what they called it in the game, but it was essentially Arms of Hadar. But we wait, does, wait.
0: It. how does Imogen have access to Arms of Hadar? Or, or do you mean Laudna?
1: Was it Laudna or was it Imogen? Oh, God, it was like... I think Ar- Arms weird. of
0: Hadar, I think, is a... Um,
1: hunger! Like, hunger of Hadar was oh, seething storm. Oh, Hunger of Hadar
0: storm. was seething storm. They, um,
1: interesting. Yeah, it was really cool. Um... Arms of yeah, that's the other one. <laughs> that's the one with all the tentacles.
0: Um, ah, I'm okay.
1: Arms of was shockwave, cool, yeah, it's awesome. Like I like that. I like that kind of um, that remix of yeah. of uh, of spells to suit the suit the characters. Um, one thing I wrote down in my notes, which I took. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> yeah, in my one, two, three, four, seven notes that I took. Yeah. Um, the at the start of the interaction was the shade mother, shade mother, the shade mother um, talking about the anointment, like jumping yeah. back a little bit talking about the anointment because I think the theory that you know not entirely disproven but pretty much disproven at this point. Like I, I was on the ublix train pretty hard, um, and I'm, I'm more than happy to get off of this station. Um, <laughs> but the the con- the theory I had was you know like the. These creatures, like Duggar and Emoth, they had been destroyed and replaced with simulacrums. Mm-hmm. But it seems more like, you know, they're still there, body and soul, but they have been physiologically and mentally changed. So yep. whatever this anointment is, it uh, it changes them, obviously, physically, because they get all goopy, and they have this kind of mindset. But it's the question then is, like, do they... Is it is it, um, you know... Do they consent to it? Is it, is it like a consensual anointment? Yeah. Um, because when Imogen uh, was trying to pierce into Emoth's mind when she was in her form and, you know, there was all that, you know, kill, 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 kill going in her head, she broke through to the actual kind of humanoid mm-hmm. mind of Emoth. And it was still kind of, you know, like, worship the Shade Mother. I love my mother sort of thing. Like, she still had that going. It was almost like a bit of a Vesterogna yeah. of, like... Oh, she she loves the eyes of nine, but does she? Is it because she like is just you know a scholar, or is it because she's actually like dipped into this? Um, like, yeah, I'm wondering if it's the anointment causes them to become faithful, or if they're faithful to begin with and then they have the anointment. I find it hard to believe that they're faithful. And then the anointment, I think the anointment probably changes them. Yes,
0: yeah, so then, I'm. It brings up a a bunch of different questions. Hmm. Um, is armand the mastermind of all this or is the shade mother like is he like working like for the shade mother um
1: yeah or oh yeah because he could be influenced like he could have had the anointment
0: yeah yeah um or uh it's, it's, it's tough, like, because did Lady Emoth and Duggar maybe, like, believe in what Armand was trying to do or whatever the Shade Mother is all about? Did they believe in that? Or it would make more sense if it was... If they were more, like, persuaded or paid to, like, join this cause. Um, because we did learn that um, Emoth, Cad, we do know that they are, all, they are a minor house, a new and minor house. Perhaps oh. Armand um, uh, bargained or, like... Uh, persuaded Emoth to join his side by saying, like, hey, if you join my side and do this anointment thing, I can guarantee status and renown for your house yeah. moving forward. And for Duggar, you know, maybe he was, like, down on his luck, he had debts to pay off, you know, there was all these things that were happening, he was like, Armand approached yeah. him and was like, hey, you know, I can help you out if you join this cause and go through this whole process. Um, so that's yeah. one thing. Or... Maybe there is, like, an actual, like, righteous path that the Shade Mother is on, or that Armand is on, that Emoth and Duggar believed in, perhaps. Which is why Emoth was even, like, going past that primal that primal uh, nature that Imogen was able to push past. There was still that devotion <laughs> to the Shade Mother. So maybe, maybe there is something that they are working towards that could be argued is good, maybe...
1: Um. I think uh, I like. I like <clears throat> excuse me. I like that idea. I like the idea that it is the Shade Mother is kind of the one with the power and the relationship. But then it kind of feels like it was a bit of a maybe not not lackluster by any word. That's not the word I'm trying to use to describe it, but it's the word I'm going to use. Uh, introduction. If she is this kind of arc villain, because she's kind of just she was just kind of hanging out in the fight and then Mm -hmm. she's just, they kind of just left her there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like,
0: yeah, like the, yeah, they didn't finish the fight. She's still there. Yeah. They
1: didn't didn't finish her off. Um, so, which is, you know, concerning. She's seen all of them. She knows their faces. She knows their thoughts. Um, but then it also leads me to the question of if this is, you know, Amand is, you know, a part of the anointment or, uh, he truly believes that there's some good that's to be done, or, you know, he can do good and he wants the power for this reason. It makes me wonder if maybe Bertrand's death was targeted. Like, obviously, it was targeted because they had had that run-in with Duggar the day before, and then, you know, Bertrand's out by himself, easy target, whatever. But it makes me wonder if there's more to it, the fact that Bertrand was a known associate of Lord Estros, and maybe prior to this, Lord Estros was poking too much into the Treshi or poking too much into yeah. Yeah. what was going on. We know that he's hired other mercenaries. Maybe it could have been because the party just assumed oh, this was a targeted attack against us. But what if it was a targeted attack against Estros? Um, because, you know, Daga attacked Bertram, but then he didn't try to go up and kill the rest of them in their sleep while they were asleep. Like He was right next door to them. He could have just gone and gone with them. Um, mm-hmm. It makes me wonder if like, we'll ever get some more kind of, not necessarily closure, but like some more kind of uh, insight into why, well, we know why out of game Bertrand was targeted Interesting. and killed, okay. like, If there was an ulterior kind of motive there.
0: I like that, because Duggar did know who Bertrand Bell was. Like he yeah. said, like Bertrand Bell, good night, um, yeah. when he killed him, so that would make sense. If he was specifically targeted because he worked with Lord Estros and now I'm starting to think because the Broomstone was found at the Pardaj Estate warehouse, yeah. what if like Armand, like set it up so that no. the Broomstone would end up in Lord Estros's warehouse as a like fallback that. or like because then Lord Estros would take the fall for if the Shade Mother was ever discovered. It would be discovered that bro- like she was involved with the Broomstone, which then is connected back to Lord Estros' warehouse, so then he would take the fall for being involved with the Shade Mother rather than Armand Treshi. So perhaps oh, okay. Armand, like, orchestrated the broomstone going specifically to Lord Estros' estate warehouse so that he is directly associated with the broomstone involvement with the Shade Mother. Oh my god. So it was, all, like, it was all just setups I like that, it. that like, I like it. Estros would end up taking the fall for all this stuff that's happening and to because take the seat think, off of Tresha. Yes,
1: I think, I think it would be wrong of us to assume that prior to the campaign, Estros didn't have strong investigations into Treshi. We know that it might yeah. not have been fruitful. He said that, you know, like, I've been trying to do this for a while and I've had other mercenary groups. Um, we, we don't know to what extent they've had... Kind of these quasi run ins before, or you know, uh, disagreements. We know that obviously Estros is a, I ha- almost got him a Hamlet, a hermit. <laughs> um, so, you know, perhaps they haven't taken him too seriously, but I like this idea that there is more to that kind of Duggar, Bertrand, Treshy, Estros mm-hmm. pre game story. Um, and it could lead into, like, yeah, like I said, like, some a bit of closure for Bertrand, because it was kind of very much, you know, Bertrand died, ship his body to Whitestone. Yeah. Um, but moving on sort of thing. Um, I think it would be a nice kind of act of the Bell's Hells to fully fully uh, avenge his death. Because for like, Duggar's still about, we can only assume. Like, they... Did they kill Duggar? They they destroyed Duggar, right? Yeah. But yeah. we d- we don't know. Dugga could still be about. Yeah. Like, that's very Maybe real.
0: he'll reemerge from one of the cocoon, the cocoons that's, down that's,
1: in the that's, that's very real. Yeah. Like
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> um so I'm I'm super excited for that theory.
0: I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um But because, also because it seemed like Lord Estro's didn't even know that there was going to be Broomstone in his warehouse. Um, yeah. So he was like, was... what's the substance? I'll, you know. Or, or, or when the party told him that there was Broomstone there, he was like, that's weird. I don't know why they would be smuggling Broomstone, so. Mm. Yeah. There's just, there's so many layers to this. Um,
1: and for what purpose would they be, you know, attaching all this Broomstone to the Shade Mother? Shade, I keep saying Mudder. <laughs> Shane, Shane mutter. Um, <laughs> Jesus. For what purpose? Because is it just for her to move more freely throughout her her lair, through her cave, or is there an eventual goal for her to rise up and, like, come to the surface? Like,
0: yeah. But that wouldn't really make much sense because she has light sensitivity, so it seems like... Well, maybe
1: that type of thing.
0: <laughs> or, like, because, like... She could be, because as people have stated before, she is evolving. Um, oh. His Emoth said that she's you only recently built. reached this stage. Yeah. Um. So it's possible that they use the Broomstone as a way to like enhance her evolutions, maybe? She's I'm not really hating. sure. Okay, because this is then where involving the stone this is then where like again the nightmare king the comes stone. back into let's it let's talk about the stone <laughs> the stone was all about transmutation and making someone better than what they are in a very alluring sense like what mm-hmm. if the king and this stone is actually the mastermind behind all of this The stone. like like there's just so many it's this is so crazy like how many different ways this can go um, because if, because, th- what if, you know, Emoth, or not, Lady like Emoth, the Shade Mother is like a Pokemon, and she needs this stone to evolve. Um, is that, that definitely seems to be the case if this stone is all about, like, transmutation and changing for the better, and they were using the stone to evolve the Shade Mother, and, like, her final form, so it's, just, oh man, it's so interesting. Yeah. All these, all of these different layers.
1: Fuck yeah! Finally got my thunderstone. Gonna get a yeah. Right, you <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, no, that's cool. I like I like mystical stones. <laughs> I yeah. like them so much. Um, oh, just the thought of it being like like when Imogen was piercing into it, and yeah, she got the senses from it. But there seems to be almost like a consciousness to it um, that is you know, it has that potential, that transmutation, as you say. Uh it's just so shady. It is so like shady? Yeah, it is. It's shady. It's shady and it's fucky and it's um what color was it? It was purple, right? Like purplish?
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. So (laughs) so never mind. Um but that's that's concerning. Like the fact that it's just wanting in an i just say an alluring way to like beckon it—it's it's 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 cursed to the tenth degree. Like <laughs> it's don't yeah. touch, don't peer in deeper. Oh god, you're doing it. What the fuck? Like
0: so. Ugh. So a huge theory that I had about this stone, but I, I don't think it. I I don't think it is going to be what it is. Um, but Matthew is now also perhaps reinforcing that is i initially thought before the blue or the purple description was really mm-hmm. set in stone in my mind i thought this this substance these stones was going to be ruidium which is a mm. new substance from call of yes. Nether deep um yeah it, it does have that senior. that very like corrupted sense where it like enhances your abilities but also yeah. like if you're exposed to it too often it, it changes you and could lead to your death that that's a better stuff.
1: word than that's a better word than curse corruption. Yeah, um, because uh, Matt's played around with corruption a lot, and he's also said in interviews how much he likes having, like corruption and madness and yeah. long-term effects that stack. Um, I mean, think about like, the eyes of nine. Think about you know poison. Yeah. Think about on the Isle of O. He does like those things, and corruption is something that hasn't fully been done in Critical Role yet, but it's a really cool it's a really cool kind of play set and if you add in like the ruidium kind of corruption or you know whatever this could be kind of corruption i like the idea that it is uh you know something that like, I, I don't know we're going to get an image and dream at the start of the next episode or if it's going to yeah. be you wake up and you feel fine but there is something slowly changing in her oh god um, I like it. I I know I always just end my comments with, I like it, but I do. I like <laughs> no, it, it a lot. <laughs> yeah,
0: it, it is very interesting, but now we have to... Cause I, I don't think the stone is ruidium, because ruidium is more described yeah. as like a, a right. reddish uh, material matching that of ruidus. Um, yeah. But we do know that this purple stone is more directly connected to the Nightmare King, um, because that was the memories mm-hmm. and the emotions and the thoughts that was being evoked when Imogen connected with it on like a more deeper level. Um, yes. So then we have to wonder <sighs> like is the Nightmare is King actually behind able? a lot of this stuff? Um. If he you was able to out. procure these stones or the Shade Mother? Like what is what is going on?
1: He kind of like paced out didn't he? Like he was just like alright I'm done here. Yeah. Like I'm gone. Um. But I like the idea that, oh, gosh, I don't know. I'm seeing people in chat saying, you know, the Shay Mother's a hag. What if she is like a hag that has been completely – excuse me, I'm really burpy today. (laughs) She's a hag that has been, like, as you say, transmutated into this new form. Um, uh, That's terrifying. We didn't see her use any magic. Um, I think she was very physical. She was very kind of like um, – Poison and that sort of aspect, um, which made me think more of like, you know, kind of like a spider or like a wasp or something. Um, but, oh, it's just, we don't know. The anoint, this could be the anointment. Imogen could be going through the anointment.
0: Like, oh shit. Yeah. Like, we don't,
1: like, <laughs> and I want to know too why, this this sounds accusatory, but why Imogen did do this. Like yeah. they didn't see, unless unless there's something behind the scenes that we didn't see, like maybe it could have been Matt sent her a message saying like, hey, you're feeling this tug, like you, you've been hooked by this now or something yeah. like that. Or if it is just her natural curiosity for power or understanding power. It could have mm. been that, but it did feel a lot like a kind of, um, uh, like, you know, a little bit out of the blue of just like, okay, well, everyone's asleep. I'm just going to look at this thing now. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it felt like a, a dangerous idea, a dangerous thing to do um, without, you know, someone watching you, without without a spotter. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm interested. Yeah, yeah, and Laura's chaotic. Fair enough. But I kind of want to know the, the the motives. I guess the motives is she just wants to know more about it. But I kind of want to know the reasoning for, for why she... Uh, did it while well, no one else was there with it. Because they did, I think the plan was to mm-hmm. identify it in the morning. But I like yes. the idea that maybe it was just too alluring, it was too kind of mm-hmm. um, uh, curious to to leave it alone. Mm-hmm. Very kind of uh, Caleb with the Lux and vibes.
0: Exactly. Yeah, just like that, that natural curiosity of just wanting to know more. And uh, this is
1: why you always put a shiny rock in your D&D campaign. Exactly. Because... Plays are gonna there. touch it, like yep. you can't help it. It could be spinning, and it could be having you know like evil voices coming at it. Someone's gonna touch it, like <laughs> yeah. Pippin and the Palantir—that was that was the one hundred percent reference that I was thinking the entire time. Just mm-hmm. like, what are you doing? Don't touch it. I just want to look at it. Like yes,
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's it. That's it. <laughs> um, well, you know what I just want to look at? Some oh. fan art.
1: Hey. Let's take a look at some fan art.
0: Uh before we wrap up uh um the latter half of the evening after their encounter yeah. with the uh with the shade mother. Starting with Alana's pick. Here Uh-oh. we go. Shifting scenes. We have this beautiful fern fan art by at STV underscore Armstrong on Twitter. Um
1: hey.
0: what was your uh what was your um reasoning for I- on this one?
1: I just really dug this style. Um, it mm. kind of like reminds me of Darkest Dungeon. I, yep. That's um, the
0: immediate vibes that I was getting from it as well.
1: And it was just it was just cool, like she looks like and, and I know um, the way Ashley plays Fern and the way a lot of the fan art is she's very kind of like voluptuous and beautiful uh-huh. and like really kind of over the top beauty. But I kind of really like this just regular looking fawn. Um Yeah with like the kind of furry shoulders and that sort of thing. I just like uh-huh. she just looks like the druid of the druid of the party and yeah, I yeah. just liked it. It was kind of dark. It was kind mm-hmm. of spooky and just looked great. I was just like, oh, that's cool. I like it. I'm going to pick it. Yeah.
0: And I feel like we do need to remind ourselves that there is some darkness involving Fern. Oh, uh, we can't yeah. forget EXU. She does have that corrupted hand. She did have that mm-hmm. like battle with Dark Fern. So there is still a lot um, to this to this oh, wildfire yeah. druid. Then, then we might then we might uh, you know. Back to so. Yeah, definitely yeah. different looking. Cool. Forward to uh. more. But yeah, gorgeous, gorgeous fan art. Um, I chose uh, I chose a piece uh, paying homage to our Green Seeker friends. Uh, this wonderful art done by at work by Starlight on Twitter. Is a beautiful fan art of our favorite Green Seekers. Not the best detective agency, but the best detective agency of our oh, hearts. Um,
1: really like this one.
0: Really love these characters.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Holy crap! How have I not seen that? That's so cool.
0: Yeah. Uh, so super super excited about these guys.
1: So is Oli? Is Oli a gnome? Is that right?
0: Yes, I believe so.
1: Yeah, a nine and a half, half half-orc. They're so cool. Damn, that looks, they look fucking sick. They do,
0: (laughs) yeah. They really do. Uh, I love the design of these characters. It's, it was great. And I loved Matt Role playing them. And I certainly hope that they pop up again somewhere. Like, I could see these Green Seekers being, like, a reoccurring duo um, throughout the campaign.
1: Yeah. Oh, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, they just pop up, and then it's that, that kind of concept of, you know, in 50 episodes, I'll be finding a god with them. Like...
0: Yeah, <laughs> yep.
1: No, that's cool. I'm getting, like, from that picture, I'm getting strong, like, Mulder and Scully vibes, like, from X-Files.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: yep. Yeah, I think mean, just the business suits and that sort of thing, yeah. Oh, that's cool art. I like that a lot.
0: Yeah, so, really awesome. Always blown away, as always, by the incredible talent of this, of this community. Um, but then, you know, after all of this stress and the chaos of that battle with, with the Shade Mother, but then passing off Lady Emoth Cad to the Green Seekers to face judgment, um, and all that stuff, the party had a pretty fun evening, um, that transpired after. There was a lot of really nice conversations that happened, um, a lot of hilarious jokes were, were, were started, um i think it was fun i'm not sure I would describe it as a
1: fun evening i think it was fun from Eh, a viewer perspective
0: true yes i think a lot
1: of the conversations were quite uh dire oh yeah and um i mean the the fern and chutney stuff amazing um wonderful like oh yeah kind of kind of sad in a sense though as well because it does definitely feel like it's not. it's not one-sided but there is definitely like a more powerful powerful person in that relationship. Yeah. Like Fern has a lot of the power in that relationship.
0: Yeah. Yeah, she's um, the dom for sure.
1: Oh, yep. Yeah, <laughs> she is. Um but so that that was funny. That was great. And I do want to see them get it on eventually. So yeah. it will happen. Let's be real It'll probably happen. <laughs> um So that was great. I think the uh the pretty pretty coming back out. That was yeah, a fun. That was, that a was fun so great. Going. And then like
0: Fern's like initial sass. Like, about, like, yeah. hi, pretty. Yeah. yeah. Really great. Um,
1: it was, like kind of, like, yeah, awkward moment running into, like, a date that you went on and having uh-huh. to be civil. <laughs> but, no, yeah. that, that, was, that was wonderful. That was great. But then we got, like, some, some more concerning things. We had, well, what I thought was really nice was the Ashton Lordner talk.
0: Yeah. That was that awesome. That
1: was a really good talk. Um, I liked Ashton's kind of opening up a little bit like mm-hmm. they kind of they kind of gave a little bit of themselves to lorna um a fucking marisha is killing me because when when, when he said like oh you had a bit of a bad day her instant kind of defensiveness and aggressiveness to that comment was the like i wasn't expecting that reaction and it absolutely sent me yeah. because her being like why what are you what yeah. are you insinuating like, yeah. it was it's kind of unlike Lordner. it was very kind of oh, aggressive man. for Lordner, um, which made you realize oh, she's actually feeling quite upset about this. This is something she feels strongly about, mm-hmm. um, to have such this kind of volatile reaction to a seemingly very friendly uh opener from Ashton. But then when she realized what he was doing and she's saying, Oh, you're trying to commiserate, like, yeah, that was, that was very sweet. Um, and they, yeah, they had a really nice moment, and I can kind of see. Them getting, becoming close and being good friends and like good kind of uh, support for each other because I think Ashen hints quite a lot to this idea of, you know, not being able to escape their past and Mm -hmm. having this thing kind of looming over them and hanging over them. And I think Ashen, in a lot of ways, feels kind of trapped by their past and by, you know, their actions. And they play it very cool, but. I think they also see a lot of similarities in Mordor and that's and also, you know, Ashton just likes the cool kind of crazy (laughs) shit, so I think that's like going to be a really cool bond that those characters will eventually develop and that's Talison and Marisha, so they they go together so well Um, I'm I'm excited to see that develop more, Mm. that relationship Uh, yeah, because it's it's always nice when, you know, a campaign starts with duos or trios, but then they intersect, like you know, it's started with Not and Caleb, but then, you know, Not and Jester had mm-hmm. a bond. And Yasha and Caleb had a bond, or Bo and Caleb. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like it. I like it when those kind of duos find other people to rely on. It's, you know, just healthy therapy
0: hour. Yeah, I 100% agree with everything you just said. Um, and it was interesting seeing again like you were saying before interesting seeing both of these new sides of laudna and ashton being yep. very open being very vulnerable about it and then ashton you know providing advice by not really providing advice was just super on brandon you know really hilarious in its own right um,
1: um it comes down to too like the ha- the idea of why dice rolling is such a major part of the game because that role play moment came from marisha's pretty shitty roles all throughout the night. So if it had been like one or two bad roles, we probably wouldn't have got this. But the fact that there were all these terrible roles, like really bad, really, Mm. really bad roles, um, that she then incorporated into her role play and into her kind of character, how her character was feeling, um, which I like it because that's D&D. That's the tabletop experience. That's, you know, you roll the dice to determine what happens. The dice determined that Mordner was going to be feeling upset because she had a shitty day. Uh, it's cool. It's yeah, it grounds it back into the into the system a bit, which I like. Yeah. Um not grounds it. That's that's portraits of words. <laughs> it links it back into the system.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but yeah, it was a sweet moment. I really liked it.
0: But it is because really they're such like, like, like Because they're such great role players and I, I mm. noticed Adam had made a comment about this earlier. Um is because maybe Laudna is now starting to doubt herself, or being, or wondering why mm-hmm. her powers are starting to wane. Maybe that means like she she directly tries to contact Delilah, and be yes. like, "Yo, what's going on? Do it. Like, do it. Why? Why are my powers not, you know, helping me right now? Like, what's going on?" Mm-hmm. Um, which I mean, yes, I agree. Do it. Uh, mm-hmm. Give me more Delilah Briarwood, please. Uh,
1: God. I, I- want to know she's more about what's- dish. what's going on there.
0: Uh, is this- if she- if she's actually back, is this the sixth- fifth- sixth time she's come back? Uh, uh I've lost- I've lost count. Two. It's, it's been a long be time. F-
1: four? A third or four.
0: <laughs> yeah. So...
1: Oh my god. Even if it is- if- if it even if- eh, if it even is Delilah, like, could be Vecna, true. we don't know. Yeah. Who fucking knows? Oh, fourth time, fuck
0: off. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot, but I'm, you know, I'm here for it. Um, Yeah, no, 100%.
1: Um,
0: But the the conversation between Laud and Ashton wasn't the only really interesting one that happened. We did have the support group surrounding FCG uh, this episode. And I I loved how Sam was playing like an injured FCG. Like it it's, it's stresses really me out. Cool. I, don't know yeah, if, oh, yeah. I don't know
1: if it stresses you out. It stresses me out um, when, like, you know, because it's that. It's, that it, it's obviously because they're damaged or, you know, there's something going on where they, they're not able to get their words out, so they stammer and they stutter. But whenever, like, I am talking to someone, if they're really upset and they've got that kind of stammer, stutter, or that real kind of emergent kind of feeling, because I, I, I work with kids a lot, and I work with a lot of special needs kids, so that kind of feeling of can't get it out and stammering and stuttering it like makes me feel sick Mm -hmm. so whenever Sam's doing it I'm just like oh I'm gonna cry (laughs) like if he keeps doing this um so oh it's perfect it's so good and I love it because you know I'm I'm gonna cry in an enjoyment sense in an entertainment sense but it's like it's so intriguing and it's so concerning um, and I wanna, I've want i got some theories, but I want to hear your theories, too, about, like, what is going on? What the fuck is up with FCG?
0: So, oh. initially, when FCG was, like, stuttering and, like, bringing up the different things that were happening, I was taking it as the... FCG in his injured state, it's harder for him to process his, like, memories mm. and stuff that was happening. Um, yeah. Because he was bringing up a, a bunch of different things you know he brought up like the nobodies um yeah from group like he was like we need to find we need to find the nobodies and then we need to go do this other thing so it's like what do you what do you mean yeah. like what's like he was just bringing up all of these random different things in the moment um which is kind which of the same no you're yeah, good
1: it, sorry it, it's kind of the same thing to always have the list of things they need to do but i think it is playing very much into this character's backstory of yeah. They've got the to-do list, but they've got kind mm-hmm. of like, you know, this list of things that they want to fix, mm-hmm. which is maybe causing yeah. these issues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, I just saw a comment. <laughs> Blazing Stars and his Google <laughs> yeah. Calendar got fucked up.
0: Yeah, and then like, oh, I also he's, loved he's, back he's when FCG was, Yeah, back when FCG was uh, being possessed by the Shade Mother and how he was like, I need NordVPN. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. Great. <laughs> so good. It was great. Yeah. Um,
1: but yeah, I, I kind of I like the idea. My kind of kind of theory is that one, it is the um, you know when maybe they are low on hit points, it can can affect them, like yeah. they're just not processing as well. But I think it's like this idea. We haven't learned, we haven't been given anything about the empathy cleric yet, um, mm-hmm. and the idea that it is an automaton with an empathy drive essentially.
0: Uh, yeah, that's that's what they're programmed they're to do.
1: T- Maybe they're taking on too much. Like there is, as mm-hmm. you say, too much to process, too many things to worry about, too many things to want to try and fix. And then it's just compounded compounded by the injuries that they had, but compounded yeah. by the um, just this ever-growing list of things to do. Um,
0: they need more RAM. Really cool... They need more dedicated RAM. <laughs> yeah,
1: oh no. <laughs> that poor kid. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> they need like... Uh, no, they don't need more RAM.
0: <laughs> um,
1: there's, so, there's so much kind of for them to worry about and want to fix. I saw a really good uh, comment on the subreddit uh, and apologies, I didn't get their name, but they suggested that uh, perhaps when FCG was with Dancer, uh, Dancer was able to focus them and give them a, a, a job or something like maybe now it's without this kind of, without their master or without their creator they're struggling with purpose. They're struggling with the drive, and so they're just picking everything and picking everything to fix, and so it's literally overloading them. Um, we still don't know what's happening with all these aspects. That you know, whenever they take some take the health, they get the temporary hit points, but that seems yeah. to be adding up to something, or there's some kind of right. extra counting happening there. Um, and it definitely seems to get worse when they're injured. So.
0: Yeah, and like, esp- like I, I will never, I will never trust Sam. I, I I'll never trust. <laughs> That's Sam, it too. That's especially it. Especially yeah. after last campaign when Veth had that fucking dagger, that was like slowly killing her, and like Sam so just good. kept it to himself.
1: So good. So like, I just, so I don't,
0: I don't trust Sam with like anything that he does. Um, Sam.
1: Beth could have died. Like yeah. they could have gone to heal Beth and Beth would have died, like straight up. Um I love it though. I yeah, love it. Yeah, me too. So me too. Much. It's
0: still so great.
1: Uh no, I'm on board for that kind of thing to happen again. Like I think there's something one, I think there's something obviously darker in their their yeah. backstory. There's that there's that memory they can't seem to access. Yep. They're concerned about Although uh, they're, they're asking obviously about you know one-eyed creatures again. They got some hints about cyclopses yeah. or things like that. Um, uh, we get this kind of yeah, like darkness behind them, and it appears dark. I mean, it's like an it's like an animatronic creature at a theme park breaking down. It's like a scary fucking visual of you know uh, this person that you know going like essentially fritzing out. So. Um, I'm, oh, yeah, I've read in my notes. I put, like, FCG unwell, too much empathy.
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, too much. All right, you're too nice, FCG. All yeah. right, chill. Be but, mean.
1: But I, but I loved how they kind of all came around them and was supporting them. So, like, Aurum, I saw someone in chat saying Aurum went full dad mode. Like, yeah, Aurum kind of yeah. is, is the dad of the group, like, taking care of them but a
0: bit. It's, it's like, is FCG even capable of that? Because he is an automaton. Like, his programming is an empathy, you know, is empathy-driven. So, like, is he even capable of, like, accepting help from others? Because then there is the other idea is, was FCG once, like, a real person? Like, was his soul placed in this thing?
1: Yeah, or, I mean, and then there's also the idea that, you know, I mean, because if you look at Warforge, Warforge. Uh, you know, living in the sense that they are alive and have, you know, souls and shit. So, FCG has... We can't say for certain, but does FCG have a soul? Like, we've talked about them dreaming, but even when they were... uh, They talked about when they were polymorphed into the turtle and they could breathe and (laughs) they didn't say that they tried to sleep while they were the turtle. which is fucking hilarious. But this concept of, well, you can... If you can be turned into a... If you can be turned into a living creature, like with you know, biological processes, how does that affect your state of being? Um, this flip side of that, though, is like with polymorph, because polymorph is a fucked up spell. Like it yeah. messes with you a lot. If you look at true polymorph, there was a, um, another, like another D&D podcast I listened to. At one point, the human fighter got turned into a boot, like an inanimate object. Like, mm-hmm. what does that do to your consciousness and like yeah. your your ability to uh-huh. exist? Um, yeah, we're getting deep on the What the Sheep podcast, so, yeah, yeah, guys. Yeah. <laughs> this is polymorph philosophy one hundred and one. Mm-hmm. Um, Welcome, but yeah, it's oh, I I was so excited by it because there's so many kind of possibilities and so many avenues that they can explore with FCG. Whether or not they're going to completely break down, or if they're going to completely mm-hmm. go wild, or you know something else is going to happen, we're going to learn about that backstory if they're involved with the massacre. Like, oh, I'm just, oh, I, I, I it's it's need terrifying
0: it. too because this is uncharted territory. You know, we haven't had like an automaton MP or PC yeah. before, um, yeah. because like with and it'll, it'll I, I fully trust and to trust. Even though I just said I won't trust Sam anymore, um, but I I trust Sam to like roleplay FCG in such a unique and compelling way, because there's so many things he can do. Like, for example, when characters have died, when PCs have died, you know they're resurrected and they're and they're they are restored. But when if an automaton like dies and is resurrected, does their memory get wiped? Do they miss pieces from their memory? Like what actually happens? Um,
1: and, and there is seemingly this kind of block in their memory and the yeah. way Matt described it when Imogen was crying was they're not ready to process it or they're not capable of processing it currently mm-hmm. and is that like, is that a physical reason they can't process it or is it just you know, an emotional reason which then brings up the question of FCG clearly has emotions, FCG gets excited, FCG you know likes people and dislikes people um, they're they're capable of having was there a comment? They're capable yeah. uh, Connor's comment? Yeah. <laughs> amazing. Technically all boots have souls. Well you're banned from the uh, channel, Connor yeah, yeah, You're banned. I <laughs> <laughs> <Connor> won't stand. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, well, this is why we have Polymorph Philosophy one oh one for these exactly. types of comments. This is amazing. But no, I'm I'm all aboard the FCG is, you know, a real living yeah. construct with a soul. Mm-hmm. I just want to see that come to fruition. I've mentioned before, too, in the fan out of FCG, the top of their head, it's open, and all the wires are kind of pulled back into almost like a top bun, um, mm-hmm. which makes me think, like, is that by design, or are they missing, like, an actual part of their head?
0: Um, yeah, was FCG a, a hipster when he had a human body? Is, that, <laughs> is he just trying to...
1: <laughs> oh, I'm um, yeah. Gosh, I am so so intrigued and so curious. But it's um, like
0: it's 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 so cool how we're able to have this deep of a conversation over just like a simple like, hey, FCG, like take care of yourself. You know, you don't have to yeah. always you know be this way. And, like the glitches that he was having, like there's just it just goes to show how much potential FCG actually has as a character.
1: But, no, but it's, that, it's those awesome. emotional it's those emotional beats that we love and it's the angst that we, yeah. we love. Because if you think of like campaign one or campaign two, it's whenever a character is, you know, upset or scared and they have those kind of heart-to-heart moments. We get that with FCG, but it's in the form of him, you know, stuttering and breaking down. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I like everyone in chat pointing out how, like, you know, Oram is being a bit of a hypocrite because Oram clearly has some baggage that isn't yeah. being discussed. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, we're saving that. That's like a nice, like, after dinner mint. We're saving that Aurum baggage, that Liam angst for later. Um, yeah. that is, you know, that's it deserved. Needs that's it
0: needs to develop. It that's, needs to That's
1: coming. Them. We know that's coming and we're just going to be waiting. That's like, you know, if all else fails, we'll get that angst.
0: Yeah, I'm waiting for like, I, I, I feel like Aurum is just barely holding it together. And if they ever do encounter like those ins- those assassins... I would love to see like orem go like feral yes. and be like, you killed my husband, like Oh my god, who yes. are you working for? Like what's going on here? Oh.
1: Yes. Just, yeah. Yes, 100 percent yes. Yeah. I love the idea of or going Pharaoh because they're a battle master and his way of controlling the situation it's yeah. so um it's so decisive and so mm-hmm. kind of well thought out. The I d- ooh, what if, what if like he ends up taking like a level in barbarian or something? Like he's ooh. just like the rage bursts through yeah. and like he he forgets his battle master training for a moment and just goes feral.
0: Uh huh. Oh, that'd yeah. be cool. That'd be cool. <laughs> I mean, I I love fighter barbarian hybrids. So I think like mm. it's it's so strong. Um, it's very cool. If you go if you go that route, um, I don't think he has the
1: strength for it, but it's still true. a cool concept. Yeah.
0: It would, oh, cool. it would be cool. It would be cool. But th- yeah, yeah this this. I, got, this
1: obs- oh. I got beat you to it, Adam. I said it first. Oh. <laughs> I beat Adam to a DD fact. <laughs>
0: Let's go. Um, uh, but th- there, there was there, there were so many cool things that happened in the the later half of this episode, um, and then again, it all ending with Imogen connecting with that stone. Oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> Oh, bad touch!
1: Bad bad news.
0: Yeah, it's not. It's not not good. It's not good. But I'm. I am very excited to for what comes next, especially because I'm super excited because next week is the live shows at various Cinemark locations, uh, which I I'm going to one. So I'm. I'm hoping for some exciting stuff to happen next episode.
1: Because they said there was going to be like events leading up to it, right? There's going to be like things throughout the week, isn't that right? There's going to be maybe. or just releases, maybe. It's probably maybe just blog posts or things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just a episode. There's not nothing extra happening on the seventh anniversary, is there? It's just the episodes yes. being shown in cinemas. I cool. So. I wish we had that here. That sounds cool. I'd love to go yeah. to a cinema with a bunch of critters and
0: mm-hmm.
1: actually. Maybe not. I'm very quiet when I watch the show. But at the same time, it would be a fun experience. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, um, yeah, I'm definitely oh, looking cool. forward to it. That's good.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's going to be fun. fun.
1: Um,
0: but is there oh, is there anything yeah. else we wish to touch upon uh, from these past two episodes? Um, I certainly hope <sighs> we see the Green Seekers again at some point. Yes. Um, I'm excited for what the heck is going to happen to Imogen. I mean oh, I'm so concerned, but I'm I can't guessing there's wait. gonna be some kind of a dream. Maybe involving the Nightmare yeah. King or it could be like this anointment that and, you that you theorized yeah. earlier.
1: And maybe maybe some checks, hopefully some saving throws. Like I it's yeah. not just that. She has kinda of gone in willingly though, so it's kinda of like Yeah, so it's a bit like, um I could see her her pulling back or we don't we don't know yet about her sorceress origins too much like we know aberrant mine, but we don't know Uh maybe you know maybe the stone starts pulling her in for the anointment and the storm's like hey fuck off she's mine and
0: like like that'd be interesting power Mm -hmm.
1: sources inside her um yeah no I'm excited that that's very exciting I think that's that's exciting. I like that we got the little epilogue, so we don't need to worry about whether or not Chetney and Fern get together, because oh, we know that unfortunately it didn't happen.
0: Um, oh yeah, uh, yeah. I loved Fern's little. Um, and then at 3:01, I just say, well, I guess I'll go to bed then. I loved her yeah. little. Like she was actually like down to do it, but then yeah, you know, stuck stuck <laughs> to her word. Um, yeah. I just I I love Fern. I love Fern so much. Ashley Portrait. is playing for so wonderfully. It's yeah. so hilarious. <laughs> I'm here for it. Oh,
1: gosh. Uh, yeah. No. It's it's it's. I'm I'm super looking forward to next episode. I think it's just going to be some really fun stuff. And they, and even if it all kind of you know, gets sorted in the first half or the first bit with Imogen and she's okay, like mm-hmm. you know Laura doesn't need to re-roll a new character. Um, <laughs> then we. Assumably, we're going to start heading off to the heart more. Like we're yeah, going to travel. I'm more, super, i super.
0: That, that's like the thing I'm most excited for.
1: And it's it's it seems to be like at most. I know this is is the seventh anniversary going to be live or is it just going to be? I think it's, it's still pre-recorded.
0: pre-recorded still?
1: Okay. I feel like uh, at the very least, well, that their live shows and it might now translate to their cinema shows. They often do travel and they do like travel kind of aspects. Um, and there's always some kind of shenanigans or fucked up thing that happens. So, I'm excited for them to, uh, yeah, begin traveling and, uh, you know, have all the adventures and shenanigans that happens when you travel in D&D. Yeah. So, it should be a good episode, fun episode.
0: Yeah, I am definitely looking forward to it. Um, <laughs> but I suppose, with all of that being said, we can go ahead and call this one a wrap. As always, thank you all so much for coming out and chatting with us, hanging out, sharing your thoughts and feelings in in the chat. Thank you to everyone who's going to be watching this when it's uploaded on YouTube and Spotify Anchor or wherever else this podcast may end up finding itself. Thank you all so much for showing your support here. If you're looking Dog. to support us further, be sure to check out our Twitter where we post updates on when we're going live and stuff. Um, a link for that is maybe in the description. No, I don't think it's in the description, but it is in the chat. Uh, it will it be in the description be. once this is uploaded, though. Uh, but be sure to follow us there for updates and when we go live and all that fun stuff. Um, we appreciate you guys coming out as always. Um, and again, don't forget to love each other. Spread the love. Spread the love to everyone you meet, to everyone you see. Make the year 2022 about spreading love. But most importantly, don't forget to love yourself. That is the most important thing you can do. So make sure you're taking care of yourself. Drink some water, eat some food, get plenty of rest. I'm proud of you. Thank you for being here once again. And so, with that being said, I hope you all have an absolutely wonderful rest of your morning, day, evening, wherever you may be on this glorious earth, and we'll see you all very soon. Bye, everyone. Bye. I would just like to take a second to give a huge shout-out to all of my amazing Patreon supporters. Huge shout-out to all of my expositors, Leah, Olivia, Sean, Pseudonym, and the DM's Den. Thank you to all of my archivists, Annika, Daniel, Elliot, Emerson, Melissa, Noel, and a massive shout-out to all of my high curators, Adam, Andrea, Caleb, Dustin, Rin, Sylvia, IMI, I. thank you all so much from the bottom of my heart for showing your support on Patreon, it truly does mean the world to me. And I hope you all have a fantastic rest of your day.